You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media app for outdoor enthusiasts. If you love to hunt, if you love to fish, camp, hike, if it has to do with the outdoors, you're going to love Go Wild. Now, here's how you download it. It's very simple. All you have to do is go to Google Play Store or wherever you download your apps, find it, search for Go Wild, download it, and instantly you will be part of the community. And what is this community all about? It is about the outdoors. You're going to love it. If you have more questions, check out the website, timetogowild.com, and uh, download the app. It's time to get wild. It's the 12 Days of Christmas episode. On episode number 12, guys and gals, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 12 of the Freshwater Bite Podcast. Welcome. Welcome to this episode that I am naming the 12 Days of Christmas. That's right. This is a special episode. It's going to help you get into the the Christmas spirit hopefully. Maybe you're maybe you're stressing about what you know what gift to get for that special angler, you know, on your Christmas list. Well, hopefully after hearing this podcast, episode number 12, you'll feel a little bit more confident and walk away with something that uh, not only a you can you can afford uh, you know, because there's some there's some inexpensive items on here that can make a huge impact on the ice. Uh, or if you got a little bit more, um, you know, jingle in your pocket and you got a little cash, there's some higher end products on here too that are a little bit more expensive, but very very effective. My guest today is Nick Fabri. Nick is my longtime best friend, one of my best friends, fishing buddy, and uh, you know we got into ice fishing together about the same time. And we've been fishing now for a long time, and we've kind of refined some must-have gear and items that you can use on the ice. And hopefully, you know, this, these will be something that you can buy someone for Christmas. So we put together 12 items, six from him, six from me, that uh, I think that will be very beneficial from you guys. Nick's a great dude, very knowledgeable uh, on the ice in Saginaw Bay Area. And uh, let's just get into the episode because there's a lot of great content. All right, everyone. All right, Nick, before we get started, tell everybody how you know, how you were privileged enough to know me. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it was a true privilege, Lee. It that really was, was a privilege. But <laughs> uh, so I met, I met Lee uh, through actually my brother Pete um, at Michigan State. And, you know, when we were in college, not a lot of people did outdoorsy type things, right? Everybody was a golfer or an athlete. We were more the outdoor type. So we immediately all clicked and got into ice fishing with not a lot of knowledge. Started out small and uh, started out on inland lakes catching panfish and worked our way up to the big league, up to uh, up to Lake Erie and Saginaw Bay for walleye, which everybody knows the amount of gear and and uh, the knowledge that you got to have to do that. So that's how we got our start fishing together, and um, and we've never looked back, right, Lee? And we've been doing it ever since together. We've gone through a lot of, a lot of stuff. So we're so close that if you remember in 2013, I think it was when we rode on the sled together, oh, eight, eight miles out onto Erie, I was hanging on the back of your sled, kind of like dumb and dumber. You know what I mean? Like we're just hanging out eight miles out onto Erie when it froze over. You're forgetting something. We were on a, uh, on a 1994, uh, Skidoo 380 with two guys, uh, well over uh, 190 pounds, with about another 300 pounds of gear towing behind. Oh, we were so, squatting bad. So that machine was at its max capacity, and to go out eight to ten miles one direction on Lake Erie was uh, definitely novice at best <laughs> of us. So, um, but all these products we're going to talk about today. Um, are through the trial and error of some of those moments that we've had. And, uh, and I think we've narrowed down a pretty good list of products that, um, that summarize what it took to get there. Right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So 
give everyone a, a quick background on kind of the areas you fish. Um, you know, I gave an intro of our relationship and how I know you, obviously. Uh, but but tell everyone kind of like, you know, where you cut your teeth at. Sure. So I started ice fishing about 20 years ago. Um, and when I, when I started, you know, there wasn't half of the amount of technology there is today. Um, and I started, you know, on inland lakes, mainly small, you know, pike lakes or lakes with perch. And as I got more involved and got into ice fishing more, especially as technology started to change, um, I found my true passion and I started chasing walleye, um, specifically on Saginaw Bay. So most of my time, if not all of it, as far as ice, hard ice, uh, ice fishing is all on Saginaw Bay. Um, so, you know, from, from early ice to late ice, we're, you know, hitting ice on Saginaw Bay pretty much, uh, any chance we get. Any ice out there right now? Um, there, there was a little bit, uh, but I think it's gone. So all we can do is talk about it right now. <laughs> so. What was the, what was the biggest change just from, you know, cause it's an interesting perspective coming from the inland lake transfer over to big bodies of water. Like what, what, um, you know, reservations did you have or what cautions did you have when you made that step? I mean, obviously it's a big step from going from inland bodies to like, you know, like a big body of water, like saginaw bay right um for me i started out actually walking out so when i originally went out on saginaw bay the first time where i really truly got hooked um the ice was you know it was just past that early ice stage there was you know four or five inches but a, a big body of water like that doesn't necessarily freeze evenly so you know, I, me not knowing a lot about it at the time, especially, and I'd say this was probably 10 years ago, um, I started out doing the walkout. And me and a couple of my fishing buddies, we, we'd walk out to spots where there was a weed bed and there was uh, a spot where there was a slight break in shallow water. And that's how we really got to start. But that transition between a big body of water and a small inland lake is significant. And if you're a starter and you're going out there your first time between, you know, asking around, asking people that have some knowledge in that, um, on those bodies of water, um, you, you should take them up on getting some advice because really, I think the main transition Lee is the safety portion of it. I mean, you're going, you're going on a big body of water, right? The ice is inconsistent. There's cracks, there's, you know, there's spots that open up that, you know, could be dangerous and they freeze over a little bit of ice. So though knowing what to look for, knowing where to go, what, what to do that, that was the biggest transition. Don't get me wrong. I still love the inland lakes, but you, you really can't beat a big body of water like that because when you go out, you just never know what you're going to catch. Well, and especially with us growing up, you know, you ice fishing or not ice fishing, but duck hunting your entire life. And then when you duck hunt in Saginaw Bay, you know, one thing I learned from you when I started to go out there was how important the wind was. I mean, if you don't keep a track of the wind, you're in big trouble on the bay, not only during duck season, but especially during ice fishing season. Yeah, wind wind is wind is everything out there. And wind actually, <clears throat> wind is not only from a safety standpoint, it's important because um, because Saginaw Bay typically remains open on, on one end, clear to Lake Huron. So, you know, if you get a strong, uh, strong wind in a certain direction, um, the, the spots when you drove out could be open, um, several feet, if not more, um, depending on how the wind shifts. So, yeah, so that's something you have to really be, uh, cognizant of and, and really have a good handle on the ice conditions and listen and monitor, you know, what's going on throughout the day, just like duck hunting. I mean, when we go out there duck hunting, right, you could have a, you could have a, a five mile an hour west wind and and be okay and then when and 15 20 minutes later it switches and a front blows in and you have you know 30 mile an hour east or northeast wind that's pushing in within an hour you know you're in a whole different situation out there so um so yeah you definitely have to monitor the weather conditions that's before we make any trips out on the, on the big water we're always taking a look at what the weather is not only when we're going out, but what it's going to be like six hours from then. 
um, and, and always erring on the side of caution about where we're going out. Yeah. And the one thing that you introduced me to, too, is especially this can be helpful for other folks going out is tell them that website that you go to when you get the aerial aerial shots of the ice in the bay, because that would, that way you'll be able to see how the wind is playing on the ice itself. It's if it's blowing it in and it's got the ice all compact together, or if you start to see open water spots out there, or pressure cracks and things like that. Yep. Yep. So there's a, there's a map, uh, it's coast watch, great lakes. What it allows you to do is it's a, it's a satellite imagery that is taken daily and if you get a good clear day, um, and there's multiple pictures taken each day, but if you get a good clear day, you can you can see what the ice conditions are looking like out there. So, for instance, I think it was a few days ago, I wanted to see if there was any shore ice, and there was a nice it was a nice clear day, and I looked on the on the map, and you could see that there was some shore ice developing in some of the areas where the water uh, remains pretty shallow. So, um, it's a good gauge. I'd say it's a good a good reference to use. Um, if, you know, if you can't go out and physically look at the conditions each day. Um, but yeah, that, that's one of my main, main ways of figuring out whether I'm going to make a trip up or not, uh, onto the bay is, is monitoring the web, uh, the website and seeing what the, uh, satellites showing. Yeah. Because the intimidating part about, or at least my first time on a big body of water like that, I remember when we started to venture out in Saginaw Bay years ago, we get to a pressure crack. And it wasn't like a pressure crack that it was on an inland body of water. I mean, these are like shoves where, you know, the shoves are sometimes can be seven feet up in the air or the shoves can just be a bunch of ice pushed together. And when you first get to those shoves, you just don't know if like it's safe to jump across or what the deal is. And at those shoves, depending on the wind, that's when your day can go either good or bad. And that's how you can blow off. So you got to pay attention and uh, we'll get into some uh, some helpful tools here and stuff like that of things that you can do to mark those shoves and pay attention right. to the wind and stuff like that. But those will be the things that get you in trouble. Yeah, I mean, that those types of situations are, you know, if, if you are monitoring them closely, you can usually avoid them. Um, I mean, I believe me and you have even been out there where there's situations where the ice changed significantly and we had to you know, pull the boards out to get across some cracks, which is never something uh, that you want to have to do. Yeah, tell them, what, tell, them what Pete did. <laughs> tell them what Pete did. Tell them what Pete did when we went out there. How, how, how long were well, those boards? Well, I, I will tell you this. Pete Pete had a four-wheeler when we went out there, one of our fishing buddies. Um, he didn't <laughs> quite invest in that, uh, in a actual sled yet because uh, I would highly recommend anybody getting into fishing on the bay um, as a sled if you're going to be going way out, but he still had a four wheeler. And, um, and at the time he uh, brought some boards out and, you know, we all went across just fine on the sleds and he was fine when we went out in the morning. But when we were coming back later in the evening, that crack opened up three or four feet and, you know, sled can just breeze over that just fine. But with the, with a quad, he had his boards and, and basically, I mean, you want to talk about uh, you want to talk about a, a thrill. Go across the the ice, a big crack out in twenty feet of water on a four wheeler with uh, two by fours. I mean, thrill, that, that's, a, that's a pucker. That, yeah, that is a true pucker factor. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. And um, and you know, those are the situations though that if you're not prepared for, and usually it has to do with experience you could get yourself into trouble. Now, luckily there's a lot of good guys out there that would be willing to help you out in situations like that, but you always want to go prepared. Um, it's a great body of water to fish and it seems to be getting more popular. Um, but it is, uh, it is something you gotta, you gotta err on the side of caution. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. That body of water has really come a long way. Even since we started to fish it, the walleye seem to be doing, you know, doing better. But you're also getting a variety of other fish out there. You're getting a lot of white fish. You know, you're getting right. the perch population seems to be doing good. Uh, you'll get the occasional what, what, uh, brown trout every once in a while. Yeah, brown trout, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of fish that, that are in that fishery that are starting to come around that area more. But All right, well, the, the, the other reason why I got you on the podcast today is we're going to start to get into – it's almost Christmas time. We're about 12 days out when this podcast comes out. And the benefit about that is we're going to give you guys out there 12 things or 12 fishing items, ice fishing items for that angler in your family, whoever that is, to give you an idea of some Christmas gifts for them. And we're going to go through things that we have 
used and tested over the years that are tried and true have, have really changed our setup. I've got six and then you've got six, right? Yep. I got six, uh, six things that I think through the years have become refined and have become, this is years of years of trial and error and six products that I think work very well. Um, at least for the type of fishing we do. Okay. All right. I'm going to start it off with the first one. First one is the app called Navionics. Now, this is an app that you can get for, this could be that little stocking, you know, stocking stuffer or something like that, but it's like 10 bucks for the U.S. version only, or you can do the $15 one, which is $5 more for the U.S. and Canadian waters. And what this does is it's a great app to have on your phone. First, number one, especially because we're talking about safety on the bay, um, you can drop waypoints. So wherever you launch exactly. it on, on Saginaw Bay, you can put like, you know, truck or trailer or cottage or wherever you're staying at. And then, you know, the other good thing is you can drop waypoints along the way, not only where the fish are at because it tells you depth changes and things like that and transition lines. I mean, it's it's not as it's not going to be as good as like, you know, what you get on your uh, your open water sonar or anything like that. But it's pretty damn close, and it gives you a general idea of where you can start fishing at. And I think it's a great product. And the other good thing about it is, like we were talking earlier about those pressure cracks, if you drop a waypoint and you know where that pressure crack is, you'll know exactly on the way back if you have your phone out and you're driving at dark that you're coming up on that pressure crack. So Right. And I, I would say, Lee, too, another another thing, and what, how I use Navionics specifically, um, I have a mount on my sled, and what I do essentially is I put the Navionics app um, up, and I have my phone set up on my sled. Right. So it's hands-free, right? And then it, on top of that, what that allows me to do is I'll go into my ice unit, um, which I also use on my boat in the summertime fishing with all my waypoints. And before the season, I'll pull up the Navionics app. I'll plug in all my waypoints and then I can go directly to my spots through the Navionics app, um, without having my big bulky, you know, uh, ice unit out that also has, has, um, has GPS capability, but it's much, much easier to just throw the phone on the, on the quad or on the snowmobile. Dang, so, dude, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's how I've been doing it. Um, and it works really well. Uh, I would, I would recommend, you know, you go out there and you, you mark your spots ahead and you go right to your, your known waypoints. If you don't know the waypoints, you use the Navionics app to find some breaks or spots you scouted looking at the app before. Um, but it'll save you a lot of time. And also the really beneficial thing to that is at night, if you're coming in in low light, and like you said, you mark those those spots of caution. You, you can drive right to them, and you can slow down right before them, and you know know what to watch for. Yeah, like that night that you and Pete and I went out, when, and we were coming back. Remember that break had shoved off, and it opened up a lot more where Pete couldn't cross. Oh, so yeah. we we had to shoot what probably a mile or a half mile south of where we originally crossed. Yeah, I mean we we searched for thirty minutes to find a, try to find a spot, and, and yeah, we made the decision to stay out for some magical night bite that never happened. Yeah. And we stayed out there until, you know, 10 o'clock at night, nobody was out there and we came in and everything looked different. Yeah. So, so that, you know, that app actually though really helped us because we knew where to start, where we came across originally. And we searched from that point on to, to at least keep us in a vicinity of that area. Yep. Um, that's, but that, yeah. That's, that's right. It's great. Cause when you got on the other side of the ice or the other side of the shove, you got to think you're another mile south of where you were before. So the shoreline, if you didn't have that, I mean, unless you got like a certain kind of light out or something like that, that shoreline is going to look very, very similar at night. You, it all looks it, the same. It all looks the same. Yep. yep. All right, your turn. Number two. So here, here's a product that is reasonably um, priced, pretty, pretty cost effective. This would actually make a really good gift. And I say this is the best product um, invented since the wheel for bait transportation on the ice. Oh God, I know what it is. <laughs> it's uh, it's the bait up, the and bait up, the bait up, and essentially what it allows you to do is, you know, you still have to have a a minnow bucket back at the camp um, that that you can dip into and take you know a couple dozen minnows out of. But if you're going out walleye fishing and 
the, and specifically if we're talking about Saginaw Bay, your minnow bucket, if you try to carry any normal minnow bucket out there, will will fall off or spill or it's, it becomes a mess. So what the bait up is, is it's a, it's a cylinder. It's like a tube, like a piece of PVC, clear PVC, imagine, with two capsule screws on each side. And what it allows you to do is put a couple dozen minnows in there and, and you fill it with water. You can take it out there. You can put it in your pocket. There's no way it's going to spill. You, you screw the lid on. You put it in your pocket. You throw it in your bag. And you get out there, and it's got a really nice – on one side, you can screw it off and basically pour the water out and replace the water so the minnows stay fresh. And on the other side, you flip it over. It pushes the minnows to the top, and you can grab a minnow out, and you got bait for the entire day. Um, I think by far out of all the things I've used recently in ice fishing for, for bait, I mean, you can't beat it. And it's it's 15 or $20. Uh, they got a couple different sizes of it. Um, I went with the bigger size and the bigger size still fits in your pocket just fine if you're walking to a tip up or something like that. So that product by far is, is would be on the top of my list for a birthday gift or a Christmas gift, birthday gift, anything for for somebody uh, that's really into ice fishing. Yeah, and like you said, the mobility part of that, like everyone's been there where they're carrying around their, their damn uh, ice, bait, yeah, right. you know, their bucket, they're carrying that, they've got a tip up or whatever. And then they have an auger in their hand or whatever, you know, they're carrying that gets to be a lot of stuff, especially if you got like home base set up or, 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 or think if you got, you got a fish and you got to go out there and you've got to, you know, rebate again or put, you know, put a fresh minnow on your tip up. That's a lot of stuff to haul back and forth. This bait up, like Nick said, literally fits in your pocket. And, well, and the, go ahead. And think, I mean, go, go into tip ups, right? By the time you get the minnows out of the bucket at the yeah. tip up, spilled half of them on the ground. Your, your hands are freezing. The bait up, you flip it over, you unscrew the cap, you grab one minnow on it, you close it, and you, you put it on your tip-up. I mean, it doesn't get much easier, and it fits in your pocket. So, I mean, the first year I started using it was last year because I could not figure out a way around it. I tried an expensive, cooler-type uh, minnow bucket. It worked okay, but I dropped it off the sled, and it broke. I tried other other things that spilt, and this seems to be good. I, I don't know how it works um, in summer fishing, but I know for a fact that for ice fishing, those minnows stay alive as long as you keep up on changing the water out every couple hours. Yeah, that thing's legit. That That's probably – you might have just won it with that one out of all 12 things. That thing's <laughs> the coolest damn thing in the world. Yep, I agree. All right, well, just for everyone knows, too, I'll um, I'll link photos and uh, – and, um, links to these products as well in the show notes where you guys can click on them, go check them out for yourself, see how they work and order them from wherever you guys find it. Um, you know, Amazon does have some of these things, but some things you might just have to buy directly from the manufacturer. But number three. So the one that I threw out here and it's a, it's a Mr. Heater, but it's the single tank top heater, the 15,000 BTU. So it's not the Mr. Buddy, uh, you know, that screws into the, the one pound probe, the green tanks, not that one. For some yeah. reason I've, I've had bad luck with those on the ice hunting season, hunting season. I think they were good, but the reason why I suggested this is it's 50 bucks. And if you pair that with an 11 pound propane tank, which is what you have. And yeah. now I have one that yeah. the, the, the total on that, that's another 50 bucks or 55 bucks. So it's like $105. And if you want to talk about keeping someone happy when they're ice fishing, especially on a super cold day, is if they got plenty of heat and it works. And I will tell you, every single time you hold the gas down on that thing, it lights. It's not. It's, gonna, it's reliable. It, it's reliable. And that's what you want. Those Mr. The smaller Mr. Buddy heaters, I get it. A lot of guys use them. They bring them out. Some guys have great luck with them. I brought it out with my dad on a, on a, like a 10 degree day and a 30 mile an hour wind. And that's all we had. And it absolutely ruined my day because I didn't And it wouldn't light, would it? No, the damn thing it, would not light. Yeah. Well, that, that we had the same problem. We were out there fishing, and we spent two or three hours because it was cold enough where you needed a heater. And I spent two or three hours trying to get one of those to light. And don't get me wrong. It works phenomenal in a deer blind. I, I mean, it'll keep you warm. It's completely silent, and it works really well in the deer blind. But when you need reliability after the thing's getting tossed around in your shanty 
uh, on the ride out. I mean, you, you got to get something that can handle a little bit of abuse. And I, I think mine got snow down in the, in the lighting um, area there where the pilot is and you could not get the thing started. Yep. And we, we packed it up that day. I, we, we, we fished another two hours until we couldn't take it anymore. And uh, we packed it up and went in and I it, it never went back out on the ice with me after that. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. That'll ruin your day. All right. Number four. What do you got? Um, so another another um, item that I started using, I've, I've always used these reels um, for salmon fishing and for for just, you know, regular walleye fishing. But I started really getting into making, you know, my own rod and reel combos for uh, specifically for walleye fishing. Um, and I still to this day, whether we're fishing on if we can get out on Lake Erie and get into some huge walleye on the ice or if we're fishing Saginaw Bay or if we're fishing for big perch um, on another inland lake or somewhere, I like to have a rod that's light. And I like to have, you know, a, a light rod to a medium light rod with a really light reel because I personally, I like the challenge. I like, a li- like to use light tackle. Um, so I started using the Shimano Sienna 500 FD and I pair that with um, with the Wicked Rod, and it's a pretty good combo. They're both light, um, but the great thing about these Shimano reels is they're so small that they're they're great for ice fishing. They're smooth. They're affordable. I think they're twenty nine ninety nine or or something like that. Yeah, that's um, what I'm looking at right now. They're thirty bucks. Yeah, but I mean, they're such a quality reel for thirty dollars. I mean, you can't beat it. And you know, they're I literally have slowly worked out all my old reels because I used to buy the reel and rods together, you know, and all that. And then I started making my own combos because, you know, I, I like a specific setup and all my reels are slowly or all my rod setups are slowly working towards all these Shimano Sienna 500 FDs. So, so I would say for a gift, you know, under $50, I mean, you, you can't beat that. Buy um, two of them for ice fishing. Buy two of them. Yeah, you know the buy oh, two of hell them. I'll buy five of them. Replace them all. I'm thinking about doing it this year. Yeah. So no, that's a good one. I've 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 got. I think I've got two of those, and like you never have problems with them as long as you you know keep them lubed up and make sure all that yep. stuff you know the gears and, and things like that. Especially after ice fishing season, they're going to get wet. But like Nick said, they're reliable. They're light, and they'll balance out any rod that you throw it on. So all right, that's a good one. 30 bucks on that. Okay. So the next one that I got is, um, you know, it's something that if you listen to this podcast, you've heard about this thing talked probably three, four times, but I'm going to say it again because I think it's the number one thing that you could probably add to your arsenal of uh, ice fishing stuff. And that's a snare rod. So the snare rod and then the holder. So the snare rod is probably about $110 online. And then, um, at JT outdoor products. And then the, uh, the holder itself is $22. So if you combo those two together, it's $132. It's a different way of fishing. It's a different technique. Um, I'll just say quickly, you know, it's something that you can put outside the shack, away from the shack a little bit. And then, you know, it's just that, that kind of that dead stick mentality where that fish is going to take that bait. It's going to snare itself once it gets to the backbone of that rod. And, uh, it's a good way, especially if you've got fish around you that are not biting and you want to try something different, set that thing out from your shack a little bit and, uh, and get one of those snare rods. It's, it's been really good. I know you haven't had much experience with them yet, Nick, but you know, this year when we were on Saginaw Bay and you, and you see mine, you got, you got to at least check it out. Well, I have to say you introduced me to them, uh, for panfish fishing for some monster perch and it's pretty cool setup. Remember uh, up on, go, remember I, up on go Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a whole new technique that, that, you know, it's, it's like a hybrid version of a tip up. Um, but it is so unique, and I, I, I'm curious to get into it. I haven't dabbled yet, but uh, but I think that might be on the list for this year. Yeah, you have to check those out. Okay, number six, what do you got? So I have went through, I think, four or five different tackle box setups for ice fishing. I've tried you know, a small fray bill, um, box or bag. I tried, 
just a hard case uh, for tackle. I've tried a huge case that puts your rods in it and your tackle in it and other gear, and it's all in one. And literally, I have struggled to refine the setup until last year where I picked up a tackle backpack. I think it's a Bass Pro XPS model. It's like a red backpack. And what it has is, and it's not necessarily for ice fishing, it's probably more suited towards fishing, you know, rivers and streams and and inland lakes and things like that. But I gave it a shot on the ice, and what I did was essentially, you know, it has three drawers in it. I have all my jigging wraps in one, all my spoons in one, and then all my other gear in another one. I have fishing line storage in there. I have room for, you know, cameras, and I have room for food, which is probably the most important. <laughs> and any, anything you else, anything you need out there for ice fishing, it fits it in a nice compact backpack. You could set it on the ice. It doesn't get wet. Um, it's pretty water resistant. And it's just, it's a, it's all, a, it, it hauls everything in one compact space. The other thing I really like about it, Lee, is when I'm riding out on my sled, I can keep all my tackle on my back because half of the time when you're out there in rough conditions and your sled is jumping around or, and something falls out, you lose tackle, you, you know, it's not a fun situation. So this gives me the confidence that if I fall off my sled, the backpack's coming with me, right? I mean, <laughs> yes, all not, the important stuff. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going down with me. It like the bag's going with me no matter what. So I, I like to I like to carry that stuff, and I throw it on my back, and I'm gone. So um, I would highly recommend it. It's you know I think I spent fifty to seventy five bucks on it. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at I, it right now, fifty bucks. Yeah, and I use I use that uh, in during normal fishing season a little bit too. Like, uh, I just throw it in my boat and I just take it, you know, along with me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. You can store so much stuff in such a compact area and it's all in one spot. Yeah. I liked it last year. I checked it out and it's got like, looks like it's got a spot for like your sunglasses that you can yeah, put in there, like yeah. a hard case. Yeah. It looks, looks nice. Yeah, you know, I mean, on the ice, you always like forget sunglasses, right? So I just keep a pair of sunglasses already in there. So they're always in there, and you know you get out there, and the sun's blinding. There you go. You're set up. You always have them. So it's a good one. All right, yep. number number seven. Um, I went with the the Striker Predator bibs. I've had those now. Oh, probably six or seven seasons. I'd say probably seven seasons, and I've got these, and they're still. I'm still on my first pair. Um, they're not the warmest ones that Striker offers, but they, they kind of market it as like a, a, a mid range where it's not too hot, not too cold. I've been in some pretty cold conditions in these things and I've never gotten cold in them. They're, they're, they're durable. They're reliable. They've got a lot of great storage compartments in there, um, for keeping things in there, especially like down by the knees and the thighs. And then like on the side, you can open it up for, to vent if you get too hot. And probably the number one thing, obviously, as you guys listen to other podcasts is they float. So if you go in, it's just another good thing to have on you and good thing that is convenient is, you know, it's going to help you stay afloat if you fall through the ice. And uh, they also have, you know, obviously coats and everything like that that do the same thing. But I went with the Striker Predator Biz because I, I see a lot of guys go with the um, the coats, but they don't do the bibs. And I, I'm not really sure why. I, I think because, because a lot of guys wear Carhartts and things like that. And if you think about it, that's kind of counterintuitive of what you're trying to do because those Carhartts, if they get wet, they get heavy. And you might have the flotation top uh, jacket from Striker, whatever that is. But if you don't have the bottoms too, uh, I think you're doing yourself a, a disservice there. So check those out. Striker Predator bibs. All right, go ahead. Number eight. So number eight. So I would say... I would say at a cost under a hundred bucks, if not right around a hundred dollars. Um, so if, if you're having a challenge with how to store your rods for transportation, um, I'd recommend the Otter Sportsman hard case. It'll fit five rods. Um, and I think up to like 36 inches, you'd have to double check me on that, but, um, 38, 38, but it says. 30, 38. Okay. Uh, great case though. 
Um, I've been using it for a couple of years. Latches shut good. You could throw the thing, you know, around on the ice, no problem. Rods will hold up. I have not broken a rod since I've had this case, whereas before, at least a rod a year. Between, you know, the soft case I used, I tried mounting uh, my rods on the side of buckets, and at some point, a rod would get broken. So I said, you know, as expensive as these rods are becoming, why don't I get a good case, invest in a good case, I'll have this thing forever. Um, so check it out, Otter Sportsman Hard Case. That hard case paired with the tackle box backpack is a good combo to get your gear out there uh, safely. And the thing's super light, too. Yeah, yeah, it weighs nothing, really. Yeah, and it, it, it might break. Okay, so in, in the past, rods break different than what you think. It's not really more of a crushing injury, but like Litter. if you have like a like a tube or something you're trying to shove it into, like into a bag yep. or a tube, you're gonna break the tip off, and that's where you get in. Tr- that's where you get in trouble. Well, I can't tell you how many rods I had that I just I don't know they they got caught on the side of the auger when I pulled the auger off or something, and they the tip would break off or they'd splinter and they'd basically yeah. overextend and just split. Right. And especially in those cold conditions, right? So I, I think that I think that this is a good way. It gets your rods out, and at the end of the day, all you do is you fold your reel down, you throw it in the hard case, and you throw it in your your tub, or throw it on the back of your machine, and you go. There's there's no there's no worrying about any rods falling out. They're locked in the case. Go hard on that thing. That's right. You don't have to worry about it. That's a good one. How much does that one cost? I think I paid like a hundred bucks for it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not cheap. It's not fancy. It is not revolutionary by any means. It's like a hard gun case, but it works very well and it's not that bulky. So makes sense. Okay. Number nine, I think we're on. All right. This is the one it's kind of up there for me with the bait up on a more expensive level. Oh, Okay. This, <laughs> I ran this. I ran this thing all last year, and I was blown away by it. It's the K drill. If you guys oh, don't know, it, yeah. And if you guys don't know what a K drill is, it's a K drill. It, it's it's an auger, but really it's just the auger piece. It's not like you. And what it does is it hooks up to your your hammer drill or your power drill that you have at home with a half inch bit. And this thing weighs less than ten pounds. And it is durable as hell. And you get it comes, I believe, I'm almost positive on this. It comes with a lifetime warranty on the blades where you can send them back and get them sharpened over time. But if we, if you want to go back and look at what we've been talking about so far with some of our gear that we've had, we're talking about, especially on Saginaw Bay, we're talking about being mobile and we're talking about being light and having everything convenient with us as we bounce around. My gas auger, even a propane <laughs> auger, is heavy as hell to carry around, especially midday when you've been doing it and you've drilled a hundred holes and you are tired that I'm, I'm telling you this K drill. And I had, listen, at first you might be skeptical about it. Like, Oh, it's going to run out your battery on your power drill. You're only going to get a couple holes out of it. I went to, I got 40 holes out of one battery on a day where it was probably 10 degrees. And it was probably minus minus 10 degrees with the wind that day and i only had to use one battery the entire day the thing is freaking awesome yeah look lee that you have seen yours in action has i you know i invested in a in a propane auger jiffy auger a few years ago and it is a machine on the ice reliable strong 10 inch holes like it's a great auger but i will tell you unless you have plans to you know enter some kind of like powerlifting competition uh to if you're chasing walleye and you're trying to be mobile you might as well have a crane out there to carry this thing around because i mean you're trying to whole hop and walk 30 yards to to check new spots and breaks and this thing it'll it'll wear you right out so i mean i'm interested in the k drill i would have a question though could it could you use i know that you have one of those what Milwaukee drills yeah. and everything that they recommend. Could you use? I've gotten into with these Ryobi tools. Could I use like a, a high-end Ryobi brushless hammer drill too on a setup like that, or do I need to get like the Milwaukee? 
No, you don't have to. If you go to the website, they've got a bunch of recommendations. I think the big thing is having a brushless motor. Um, that's one thing. Uh -huh. And then um, it just has to have a half-inch drill bit. And obviously, if you all their testing is done with, I believe, the Milwaukee one, which is the one that I've got. And, you know, I, that's what they're going to say that the results are online where they get, you know, 50 holes or whatever they're claiming that they get. But I think, you know, they got a list of drills that will work there, all different types of name brands and things like that. So if you guys have any questions with that, head over to the website. It's kdrillauger.com, and you can look to see if yours is on there. I know that yours is going to work, Nick, because you and I looked it up. Um, yeah. But I will say with you, or I'm sorry, with both of us um, and anybody out there, if you don't have an extra battery, lithium-ion battery for your drill, go buy one right now because – you don't want to get out there and let's just say you forgot to charge your battery the night before. Well, now you got another one in your backpack or wherever ready to go and it's there as a backup. The other good thing that you don't have to deal with propane, you don't have to deal with gas. That stuff gets on your hands. That stuff puts out an odor on your hands. There's no grease or anything like that. So if you think about it, if that's on your hands and then you're putting your minnow on there, you know, I'm a little skeptical. I think the fish are going to smell that or know that something's wrong and that gas smells everywhere and I don't know. I would just say give it a try for a year if you guys are looking to get into something or if no one has an auger yet, check them out. I mean, there's a 6-inch version and there's an 8-inch version too. Um, I know the 8-inch is going right around 250 bucks. I've seen it as cheap as $230 on like a Blaine's Fleet and Farm. But um, go check those out. Those things are awesome. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those, those really come into play and they're really going to make a difference if you're trying to stay mobile. Because of its lightweight, its portability, you know, and being able to walk. I mean, what is the thing weighed less than five pounds or something like that? And you could walk, you know, 100 yards with it, no problem, right? And you only have to carry a battery and the drill and the, the actual K-drill. So I see those being huge in the type of fishing specifically we do because it's yeah. all about portability. And I think, you know, a common theme of all these products we're talking, a lot of this is associated with portability and being mobile and being able to quickly drill new holes and move uh move you know 100 yards and and do these types of small moves to get on the fish um you know if i was the type of fisherman to to sit you know on an inland lake and i know all the key spots where the fish are going to be on these weed beds and things like that and i could stay in those locations you know i, I my my jiffy auger would be Totally fine, but I, I totally see where you're going with the K-Drill. I think you may have convinced me on that this year. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll be running one. You'll see. You don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to sweat out there. We're not getting any younger, man. That's true. That is very true. I mean, when we were 20s, that, that propane auger felt pretty good, but damn. Yeah, that was days. nothing back then. Okay. So we are on to number 10. Or that was, yeah, on to number 10. Yeah. So, you know, this is something that has its specific application. Um, I, there's other variations of this product that, that you can buy, um, but it is, uh, it's called the Johnson Cargo System. And what it is essentially is it's a rack that mounts on the back of most snowmobiles, most ATVs. I think they have a setup for ATVs, but I'm a sled guy, so I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but at least for the snowmobile setup, it is a, it's an extension off the back of the sled, and you basically have a, have a rack where you can put gear on. Above the rack is an auger mount on the model that I have. Um, and then I actually purchased uh, two bucket holders that go along the side of the sled. So as I, as I fish this year, 100% of my gear will be completely off the ice and on the sled which, you know, Lee, I, I think you know me enough. Basically, the last 10 years, I've been trying to figure out how to do that. And I think <laughs> I finally got there. And this setup this year um, that I'm going to be running has been years of, of trial and error without any guidance because I tried things on my own and, and, and tried to figure out the best setup. I'm kind of excited to see how it goes. I could get on the ice and everything could fall off, but I think it's dialed in enough. 
but this Johnson cargo system is pretty unique. I think it's, you know, runs around $300, but you can hold, you can hold augers on it. Like I said, you can mount um, a tub on the back. And what I do is I, I mount a, I mount like a uh, plastic bin on the back and I can put my heater in there and I can put the propane, 11 pound propane tank in there and, you know, extra gear and I can latch that shut. I could have my backpack on my back and nothing is exposed to the weather and everything is secure and you're not looking back, checking on and seeing what's going on. So check them out. They also have a little towing, um, a, a little towing uh, spot to hook up your, your shanty too, right, right to your sled. So if you're, to you're towing a, a tub, you can, you can easily attach it. Um, I've been using that for five plus years. It's held up really good, and uh, and I'd recommend it for sure. Yeah, I think I got mine a year after you got yours, or maybe we got them the same year. I can't remember. But that thing that he's talking about, the other thing on too um, that you you touched on is it holds your auger on this rack that goes over the top. You can yeah. it's got straps on there that'll hold your auger down. Uh, the only thing that I found is obviously throw like another bungee around there too, just to just to hold it down a little bit better. But like Nick said, being mobile and just taking off and going and not having to worry about, you know, digging out the auger and is my stuff safe? I mean, this thing is all one unit attached to the snowmobile or uh, four-wheeler to whatever you have and whatever you're buying. And the other thing I'll say to the folks in Michigan, if you're driving north, they typically have them displayed at uh, Frankie's, right? Frank's and uh, Linwood. Yeah, Frank's. Frank's and Linwood is where, uh, where I, think they, I think they sell them there. So you can buy them there actually. On site. I think I bought mine directly through Johnson Cargo Systems when I did yeah. purchase it, but I know Frank's usually has them on display. I would highly recommend there is an, an additional thing you can purchase for it. It's a quick disconnect setup. So oh, if, yeah. you have a, if you have a trailer and say you trailer to the spots that you're going with a, a snowmobile trailer, it doesn't fit depending on the type of trailer you got. Quick disconnect, there's four nuts and four bolts. You unconnect it within. I could take it off in two minutes. Throw it in the in the throw it in the trailer and you're good to go. It's not in the way. It's it's easy to break down. I'd highly recommend getting that too if you buy it. It's only a, a fifty extra dollars. Yeah, good call. I do not have that. And sometimes you know, if I could disconnect it, it would save me a little bit of uh, fussing around. But Nick's got the di quick disconnect, and I've seen him yeah, use that thing. Yeah, it works really good. Okay. This is my last one, number 11. All right, now if you got you got a little bit of change in your pocket and you want you want to go big this Christmas for that that angler or whatever, I'm recommending my Markham LX7. I love that thing. It's an ice sonar. It is that thing has really changed a lot for me when it comes to ice fishing. You can see real time what's going on underneath the ice. Um, you can have that traditional dial that you typically have, but it is an, it is an LED screen. And, um, you know, it's a little bit different than what you'll see, like with a Vexlar or something like that. But it also has um, like, a, like a, a live graph going on the same time. So you can see your lure and you can see the fish come in and check out your lure. And you can kind of see that fish's behavior uh, in real time of what the fish is doing. If it's circling around, if it's chasing your jig up or going down, and it looks just like it would on a, like a, like a sonar, like on your, uh, your open water. So it, that thing runs at $700, but the Markham technology, and if, if you, if, if you pair that with their new shuttle, their lithium ice shuttle, that thing will, I mean, that angler, he or she will love that thing for years to come. And you'll probably get the biggest hug or thank you in the world because that uh, that Markham LX7, I love it. Lee, you mentioned that shuttle. Um, do yeah. you have that that new shuttle that came out? I, I've only seen like seen it in catalogs and things like that. But that shuttle um, is that something you, you picked up and tried out too as well? That extension of the unit. Well, I got mine at the. If you remember, I got mine at the end of last year. So I went through another season of not ordering that thing. And I had got it at the end of last year. And so mine's already hooked up. It's ready to go. But I will tell you just, I, I haven't had it physically on the ice during a season. But, I mean, just go online and read all the reviews about it and how guys set it up. It's like, 
it's kind of like pimp my ride. Like guys, <laughs> guys use that thing and you can see how, what they're running off of it. They're putting their cameras on it. They're, they're putting their, you can charge your cell phone on it. It has a USB outlet on it. You can charge your cell phone. You can charge a bunch of things on there. You can glow your lures at night with mount it. GoPro, mount a GoPro. Go, yep. Mount a GoPro. A lot of guys are mounting GoPros with it. So mine's pretty decked out. The way I've got mine decked out right now is I've got my GoPro mounts on it with like a ramrod holder that you can use the, to, to clip onto there. Um, you know, it's, it's got my LX seven on there, which the other thing too, is if you buy an LX seven, it's going to come with like this bag thing. And after years of using it, the bag, it, it wants to like tip or fall out of that bag and the bag's not really good. So this yeah. thing, the nice thing about it is this ice shuttle or, or this, this lithium, um, uh, ice shuttle, the thing will fit into a bucket as well. So you can throw it in your bucket and protect your electronics even better than you have before with the, with the bag. Just a standard five-gallon bucket, right? Correct. Yep, five-gallon really, bucket. That's really nice. Yeah, and you can buy those as a combo too, I believe. Um, so you can buy the LX7 that just comes with the the, lith- the lithium ice shuttle as well, and then uh, you're good to go. So if, it depends on how much jingling you got in your pocket. Yeah. All right, number 12, to close us out. So this is another, I mean, you're, you're a Markham guy and, and I don't have a lot of experience with Markham. I know they make good stuff. Um, I purchased about two years ago, I purchased the Helix seven right when they came out. Like this was like the first month it was right before ice fishing season. And I was trying at the time they didn't have it set up for ice fishing. And I was looking for a unit that I could use both on hard water and on in the summer on the soft water and all the research I put into this, it's pretty ridiculous, but I go, you know what, this is a good unit. I think I could make that happen. So I, I picked up the Helix seven, uh, gen two, the networking version. Um, I think at the time right when it came out, it was close to 800 bucks. It's much cheaper now. Um, but what I do is I put it on my boat in the summer. I use it in the fall when we're duck hunting, you know, as well for waypoints. And I use it on the ice. This thing is getting used all year. Um, and that's what I was looking for. When you use one unit all year, you can justify spending a little bit more money on it, in my opinion. So that's what I was looking for. Um, at the time, though, there was no case a setup for this. So I found one through Hummingbird for uh, a different size unit. I picked up the case. I picked up a battery. I hot-wired some things to make it work. And... Uh, and it, it was an awesome unit. Like, I mean, my first year out there, I did all this auto chart living of my spots and, uh, and marked waypoints where I was catching walleye in the summer and in the fall. And then I went back to those on the ice directly to those spots. I had the auto chart live version so I could see these breaks that you normally wouldn't see with just an avionics map or anything like that through the ice by using, by spending the time in the summer. So this unit if you're looking for something that is year-round use, you can't go wrong with it. It's not the fanciest thing, right? It doesn't have touch screen. You got to play with buttons. I don't really. The one thing I don't like is I wish it was a touch screen, but you got buttons that you got to press. But at the end of the day, it it serves the purpose of what you're looking for. I put all my waypoints in there. I can transfer them over to Navionics easily enough uh, through just putting them in on my phone. So um, highly recommend. I, the price came down. I think I saw it over the last few weeks for like five five fifty. So you pick up a unit like that, you're going to get year-round use of it. Um, can't go so, wrong. I, I didn't mount it on my sled because every time I would stop, I'd have to take it off my sled because I want right. to also use it for ice fishing. Right. That's why I use my Navionics on my phone. Gotcha. And and then, so you just had to buy a transducer with it then, right? A nice transducer. Uh, Oh yeah. So, so when I did, when I did purchase this, I had to buy the ice transducer as well. Okay. So there was a little bit more money into it. You know, when I bought the the shuttle pack and the case and the battery and things like that. But yeah, I mean, you got to buy the ice deucer. It comes with the boat deucer. If you, if you're buying that, uh, soft water package version, but at the end of the day, a little bit more money, but you're getting your own use. Yeah, you're getting two things out of it. So if you're in the market for an open water one, and you're also in the market for an ice fishing one, use this there one. It can work. It works pretty good. And I seen it work last year. The one that you had set up, and it yep. worked awesome. 
And well, uh, and that too, Lee. I mean, you have a graph, right? You can switch yeah. from graph mode. You yep. can switch from dial mode. You can look at your waypoints. You can, um, I mean, you can, you can, and I don't like doing this, but you can look at text on your phone on it. So it's kind of cool. Can you uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I phone, remember. Yeah, I remember that last year. But that's a bit much for me, right? Because I'm up yeah. in fish, not not answer texts on my phone. So, <laughs> but I, it's a it's a pretty decent setup, I would say, uh, at that price range. We're not talking thousands of dollars here. We're talking, you know, five, six, seven hundred bucks. I'll get you a setup that has as much power as those big units for considerably less, for sure. And there it is, folks, the 12 days of Christmas. You guys got 12 badass ideas, in our opinions, of uh, things that you can go out there and get your that angle uh, in, in, in your family. And uh, that's awesome. We just, we just got to get some ice, Nick. We don't have any ice. We need ice. We, we need, need ice. And, yeah, we need ice and uh, time. We definitely need some time, too, because I don't have much of that. But at the same time, I think... I, and and for everybody listening to this, the amount of time that has went into refining these types of products down to this, I mean, I'm not Lee. I'm not getting paid a dime to talk about these products, right? I truly have refined down to these types of products through trial and error, and and you know, and learning what works and what doesn't work for the type of fishing we're doing. But I will tell you this: if these types of products are working. For the hardcore fishing that we're doing, specifically on Saginaw Bay, where things are where you're running gun eight to ten miles a day plus, and your gear's getting beat up on rough ice, and you know all, everything everything's getting tested to the limit, this will work just about anywhere. I mean, you were with us that you were with me that one time that that guy was like, "You guys don't need to be jumping around on this inland no. lake. You're yeah. jumping all over the place trying all these spots." He's like, "Just sit down, sit your butt in a chair, and fish." Because we're so used to jumping around trying to locate fish. Yeah. We got called out big time on the inland <laughs> on this inland body of water. He's like, You guys I've been watching you guys all day and you guys have been hopping around way too much. <laughs> we're like Before, well, we were both the run and gun and, and you know, you can't you can't take that out of a man. And I would say that this gear is meant this gear is meant for a guy like that. Yeah, that's very important. It took us a long time to get all this gear refined down in, in, in the process. And finally, in our young 30s, we figured it out. But yeah, that's that's probably important to mention. We're not, The only company that I'm affiliated with is JT Outdoor Products, and that's the snare rod that I talked about earlier. But everything else that we talked about, uh, we're not affiliate, affiliated with. Um, and these are things that we, we truly have put through the test. And I, I really think that you guys are going to like it. And if you guys do like it, uh, you know, let me and let Nick know about it. I'll, I'll, I'll link Nick's uh, social platforms in the links below. Uh, where can they catch you on Instagram? Yeah, uh, both Instagram and, and YouTube. We have uh, we have a YouTube channel that you could put the link in as well. And what we do is we make you know short YouTube videos for fun, right? They're, they're, it's specifically for fun to share our fishing trips and our hunting trips with everybody. So. Um, Leo include that link in there as well. And, and basically, you know, you can see some of these products actually in use in our videos. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, uh, it, it's just that time of year, right, Lee? And I think it now is the time to ask for these types of things so that, uh, you get them on the Christmas list for the upcoming season. Only if you've been good. That's right. All right, man. Well, Hey, thanks for the time. And, uh, yeah, we'll be talking to you soon about where we're going to be going out first. Yep. Next next couple of weeks, it's time. All right, buddy. Cool. We'll, All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, see ya. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Nick Fabri, huh? What a great guy. Good guest. Hope you guys got a lot of information out of that. It took us a lot of years to figure out the system and what products were working, things that we don't ever leave home without before we head out onto the ice. So we're getting down to Christmas, guys. Pick something out on there if you want to. Um, and... You know, just so you guys know, too, I am an affiliate with JT Outdoor Products. I'm on their promotional staff. So other than that, everything else on that podcast was, you know, non-biased, you know, no affiliation or anything like that to any other company other than JT. So I hope you guys uh, take it and uh, run with it. Hopefully it it works for you guys this season. If some of those products do work, I want to hear about it. Um, You know, write, write me on on instagram or check us out on facebook at the freshwater bite 
uh, podcast page. And um, remember to subscribe to the podcast. If you guys, you know, if you want to give back or you want to do something, uh, you know, for the podcast, just leave a review, subscribe, uh, tell me what you like about it, and write a review on, uh, on iTunes. That would mean the world to me if you guys did that. So, all right, I'm going to kick out one more episode before Christmas, but uh, we're almost there, folks. So hopefully you're in the spirit. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the 12 Days of Christmas. And, uh, and as always, thanks for listening.